everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Grisco. I'm here with my co-host, Big Daddy Ranks. It's Walker Kelly. Walker, how's your day going? Uh, Big Daddy Ranks is doing well. Uh, it's a good day for Big Daddy Ranks. What if, <laughs> I, Big, what if I talk like that the whole episode? <laughs> I was going to say, Big Daddy Ranks talking about themselves in the third person? Why not? <laughs> Let it happen. Um, so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Walker's Ranks. You can find them up on footballabsurdity.com. There's a button at the top that says Week 3 Ranks. It'll take you right there. And uh, we're also going to talk about some starter sit for Thursday night football. We talked a little bit about this on our uh, Tuesday Patreon episode, but um, not everybody can get that. But what we concluded was that this game was fairly straightforward between the Steelers and the Browns on Thursday night football. So a little bit of news updates here. Um, There was Harrison Bryant, Jack Conklin, Joel Batonio. And Miles Garrett were all dealing with various injuries for the Browns. All are expected to play on Thursday, so no big deal there. Kind of all of the same. No major fantasy player there. Uh, Jadavion Clowney already ruled out. For the Steelers, uh, safety DeMonte Casey was uh, suspended, but he's already on IR. And he can serve his suspension while he's on IR, which doesn't feel like something you should be able to do. Kind of feels like you should be able to, you should have to come off of IR, but hey, I'm not, uh, I'm not a disciplinarian. So let's go ahead and get started uh, with Walker's ranks, uh, which I definitely didn't accidentally close. Um, I've got it. That, that's definitely not a thing that happened. All right. So uh, what we're going to start with again is Thursday night football. And really, so you've got Nick Chubb. Najee Harris, Kareem Hunt, all listed as starters. Deontay Johnson, a must-start. Pat Fryermuth, top six tight end. And then it's like the only player really we're talking about are Kareem Hunt and Amari Cooper at this point. Yeah, I mean, uh, in just about every case, you're starting Chubb. Uh, if you drafted Harris, you're starting him. Deontay's a must-start. Fryermuth's a must-start. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think you're starting either of these quarterbacks, especially in one-quarterback leagues. You're not starting either of them. Um, in two quarterback leagues, I don't even think you're starting Trubisky. Uh, Brissett's an okay play because he's actually looked pretty good the first couple weeks, mm-hmm. um, but he's nothing more than like a low-end QB2. Um, yeah, Kareem Hunt is a good back-end RB2 or really, really good flex play. Mm-hmm. Um, probably in most cases, he's going to be in your lineup. Amari Cooper I have as a mid-to-low-end wide receiver three at 32. Um, in three wide receiver leagues, yes, you're playing him. In two wide receiver leagues, probably not. Yeah, um, I wrote when I wrote about the start sit for this week. It was kind of that was that was my takeaway for uh, Amari Cooper as well. Like, hey, if you're starting three wide receivers, I doubt you have you know four or I doubt you have three other receivers better than than um. Amari Cooper, but if you're in a two wide receiver league or a two wide receiver in a flex, you can probably figure out something better. So I'm going to ask you the same guys that I wrote about today with Amari Cooper. Would you start Amari Cooper or Garrett Wilson? Cooper. Amari Cooper or Tyler Lockett? Lockett. Amari Cooper or Juju Smith-Schuster? Cooper. Amari Cooper or Adam Thielen? Cooper. Okay. I think I said I would start... uh, Cooper over Thielen, Cooper over Lockett, but I would start Wilson and Juju over Cooper. Let's do Kareem Hunt really quick while we're on that, uh, while I have this up right here. So Kareem Hunt, 
expert consensus this week is 21. You have him 22. So Kareem Hunt or I'm going to skip the injured guys. AJ Dillon. Hunt. Kareem Hunt or Miles Sanders. Sanders. Kareem Hunt or Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Kareem Hunt or Zeke Elliott. Elliott. Okay. And I skipped two injured guys. He's he's sandwiched between James Conner and Alvin Kamara on the ECR. So no answer there yet. Uh, looks like uh, both should play, but we don't know at this point. So um, I think that's it. Chase Claypool, we talked about yesterday as a, if you're desperate, you can start him and you're hoping for a Robbie Anderson style bomb, but don't watch the game. Right. I mean, like, for example, in my 14 team, three wide receiver and a flex league, I'm not starting Chase Claypool. I'm starting Traylon Burks over him. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Chase Claypool is like you're you're desperate and you just need you need it. You need a player to go nuclear to win that week. And um, you just slot him in to hope that happens. So Chase Claypool, not that great. Um, the more I looked at George Pickens, the more I feel better about him as a DFS play. But you don't have him in your top 50. Um, he's getting lots of downfield looks and the Browns like to give up downfield looks. But other than that. You know, don't get don't get cute and start him over, you know, other guys. So that's it. That's Thursday Night Football. Uh, very straightforward uh, for this. So um, let's go ahead. Let's move over to your rankings for this week. And so if this is your first episode, what Walker and I do is Walker talks about the court, the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers and tight ends that they're higher or lower on their toughest rank, most surprising rank, sneaky start and tough sit at each position to kind of give you an overview of the ranks. So, again. Available footballabsurdity.com button at the top that says week three ranks. So um, we already talked about Jacoby Brissett, who's one of the three uh, guys that you're higher on. So let's talk about um, Trevor Lawrence, because you're higher on Kyler Murray than the consensus. And we'll get to that, but you're not really benching Kyler Murray. But you have Trevor Lawrence being kind of looks like more in the streaming discussion at uh, quarterback 17, whereas expert consensus is 20. Yeah, I think Lawrence is a perfectly fine streamer this week. Um, the Chargers defense is pretty good, but um, where they can be beat is on the outside. And Lawrence is good at throwing to the outside. So, plus he'll run a little bit. I mean, I think this is a game Jacksonville's going to have to throw in to keep up. Um, so the game script sh- and the, uh, the defense he's playing should set up for Lawrence to throw the ball around a lot. He might have to deal with a pick or two, but my guess is he probably throws for over 200 yards and at least a touchdown. So in two quarterback leagues, I think he's a perfectly fine uh, play. And if you're desperate as a streamer, sure. Yeah, and you have uh, uh, James Robinson, his primary running back now, it seems, at 23. Um, But you have the pass catching back, Travis Etienne, at 35. And I think that's because it's going to be, and it has been more of a downfield attack in the passing game for the uh, Jaguars. It hasn't been dinking and dunking. You know, Mm -hmm. it's been pushing the ball and pressing the ball downfield. So um, let's talk about Kyler. So you have Kyler at two. Everybody else has him at six. What has you feeling uh, really good against uh, with Kyler against the Rams this week? Is it Uh, because uh, every quarterback has done well against the Rams? That's correct. Yes. Um, Marcus Mariota had a nice game against the Rams, despite him not being very good. And Kyler is the same kind of quarterback, just way better. So I fully expect him to light up the Rams. I also expect the Rams are going to score a lot on the Cardinals. So I think that this is just going to be a high-scoring game where both offenses do well. Yeah, it's going to be a shootout because the uh, 
Cardinal secondary is atrocious, and I think the Rams will do whatever they want, and that will lead the Cardinals to be forced to score a lot and uh, maybe have a furious comeback like they did last week. So um, three guys that you're lower on. The first one is you're raining on everybody's parade. You're yucking everybody's yum. It's Carson Wentz. You have him at 19. Expert consensus is 14, and uh, he takes on the Philadelphia Eagles, which is a tough matchup. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm not excited about him in this matchup. Um, you know, it, Kirk Cousins did not have a good game last week against uh, against the Eagles, and I think that we can all agree that not only does Kirk Cousins have a better wide receiver one than Carson Wentz does, but he's also a better quarterback than Carson Wentz is. So I, I just don't think that this can continue with Wentz, you know, consistently overthrowing his receivers and not being accurate, but getting away with it. Um, he's not been very good the first two weeks. He's just throwing for a bunch of yards and touchdowns because Washington's been behind mm-hmm. and you know, he, he's still thrown three interceptions. He should have thrown two more picks against Detroit. He He's not being careful with the ball. He's just risky. You know, in two quarterback leagues, sure, I, I got no problem with it. But I don't think that he should be, you know, I really don't think he should be consistently rostered in quarterback or in one quarterback leagues. I, I just, I, I don't see this continuing. I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, I saw I saw a lot of people talking like Carson Wentz might be a top 12 quarterback going forward. And I think that's getting a little too far of our skis because he's still Carson Wentz. Right. He's still that guy that we know. He's still the guy that's liable to melt down, you know, three interception game where he throws for like 175 yards. The fact that he hasn't done that yet doesn't pull it out of his DNA. It's still part of who he is. So um, two more guys that you're lower on that you're begging people to not start. You have Justin Fields at 24. You have Matt Ryan unranked. You only rank 25 guys. And expert consensus on them is 16 and 22. So both starters in a two-quarterback league. Let's start with Justin Fields. I dropped him in my home league, 12-team, one-quarterback league. He was my speculative ad. The The Bears are a mess. They're not good. Um, and they're not throwing the ball. I mean, yeah. They're not out there. The offense isn't out there much. It's not moving the ball. So Fields isn't really running because most of their offense is handing off to the running backs and he's not throwing the ball. So how is he supposed to get points? I don't understand why people have him as a, a like a streamable option this week when he's not really even involved in the offense and they're playing a Houston defense that has looked pretty good the first two weeks. So I, I don't understand this one. I think everybody's just clinging to their preseason take here and, uh, when you watch the games, the Bears offense is pitiful. Yeah, I right before we recorded, I finally got a chance to watch Chicago and Green Bay. And there was a point, um, I think it was eight minutes left in the game. They're down uh, two scores and they're just taking their sweet time running the ball up the middle. And yep. Green Bay stops them. And it's like, what, what are you doing? Like, you're just over, you're just loading up on the middle and saying, we're going to overpower you, even though there's nothing that their offensive line has shown that shows that they could overpower anybody. It just doesn't make any sense the way that they're running the offense. And um, yeah, I think a lot of people are just holding on to their preseason takes with not only Justin Fields, but Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney kind of clearing my, my, uh, my rosters of Chicago bears pass catching options. And if I'm wrong, fine, but it doesn't look good right now. Um, you also said don't start Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan looked terrible last week. We we lit Mike Vent on the podcast yesterday. Um, but yeah, it's just I don't think you can start Matt Ryan for the time being. No, Matt, Ry- 
Matt Ryan has like I think nine turnover worthy plays in two games, which is yeah. heinous. That's awful. Um, he doesn't run. It's not the best matchup in the world. So I, no, I'm not interested. Yeah, and what's funny is you 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 know there's turnover worthy plays which are like you know uh, um, you know a, a quarterback fires a ball and it kind of bounces off a defender's hands. It's like well that's a quarter that's a turnover worthy play for the quarterback. But then you have like Matt Ryan's first pick where he just kind of just like as he's getting sacked, just kind of lofts the ball up into the air. Like that's, that's somehow there needs to be another category for that. Like, like good God, uh, turn, turnover, turn, turnover plays. likely plays. Yeah. Turnover likely because, you know, you get these turnover worthy and it's like, you know, uh, miscommunication with the receiver or what have you, but th- it's just, it looks like he's done. It looks like he's toast. It looks mm-hmm. like the Colts method of getting old, broken quarterbacks doesn't seem to be working. I wonder just, why. Yeah. So speaking of old quarterbacks, I actually don't know how old Derek Carr is. I assume he's 32. I was going to guess 31. Derek Carr is not Derek Carrier. I will never want to know about Derek Carrier. He is 31 and a half, almost exactly. Woo! 31 so, years, 177 days. <laughs> I'm right, technically. <laughs> the best kind of correct. Uh, yeah, technically correct. The best kind. Uh, yeah, he is almost exactly 31 and a half. So. Uh, Derek Carr is your toughest rank this week. You have him ninth. Uh, he's going up against the Titans. Is this not knowing what to expect out of the Raiders or not knowing what to expect out of the Titans? Uh, more out of the Raiders and Carr specifically, because he really hasn't looked very good the first two weeks. Um, he's thrown multiple interceptions. He's not really pushing the ball down the field. Uh, last week, he didn't even get Devontae Adams involved in the offense. Yeah. Uh, it, it, he's just been off. But it's such a good matchup, and he's got so many weapons that I just don't think you can rank him outside the top 10, even though he hasn't shown anything that says he's worth ranking in the top 10. So it's more of just a, you know, trusting that Derek Carr is a pretty good quarterback and that he will be able to throw the ball against Tennessee. Yeah, it's it's almost like, you know, he can take advantage of, of uh, bad teams, but he's never going to elevate a team. Uh, like the Raiders, like he's never going to take over a game against like the Chargers or the the Chiefs and put up like 350 and four touchdowns. But he will beat up on these Titans teams because he's has, he's at that talent level. So recommended start. Um, you have him behind guys like Kirk Cousins, who he's tied at the hip with and Matthew Stafford, who they're getting closely tied at the hip. You actually have this whole bulk of uh, quarterbacks, I feel like, are all tied at the hip now, seven through 12. Stafford, Cousins, Carr, Burrow, Brady, Wilson right now are all just kind of like, they feel like a block. Yeah. Big big clump. Big clump. So your most surprising rank is, I don't know if people noticed, I listed your 7 through 12 and Russell Russell Wilson was 12, but Aaron Rodgers 13 against the Buccaneers. That was your most surprising rank. And I'm surprised it's this high, to be honest with you. Yeah, I I, I don't think that, uh, I don't think Tampa's going to win this game. I think Green Bay's going to win. So... This is, I think it's just not where anybody else is coming to rest on Rodgers, it seems like. It seems like everybody else is either like, well, look what he did against Chicago. He's a top 12 play every week. Or it was Chicago. Look what he did week one. He's not a guy you can even play. And I think that he will be fine in this matchup. I don't think he's going to turn the ball over. He'll probably pass for over 200 yards. He'll probably throw at least one touchdown. Um in two quarterback leagues, he's a must start. In one quarterback leagues, 
you could do worse, but you could also do a lot better. Would I recommend starting Aaron Rodgers this week? No, not really. Um, but like, for example, I would start him over, you know, some of your, I would start him over your waiver wire options. Like I'd start him over Jared Goff, Marcus Mariota, Jimmy Garoppolo, those guys. Yeah. Um, the, for me, it's just the Buccaneers are so far this year, they've been a tough matchup. They're 31 in fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, but they play Dak Prescott um, in week one, who the the Cowboys were just a disaster that game. And yeah, then in they, week two, it was the Jameis game, and you can't, can't, you right, can't count was, a Jameis game against anybody else. Jameis four fractures. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it'll be a tough matchup for Aaron Rodgers. I, I would probably put him behind. Uh, we'll talk about your tough sit um, just because I don't know. Actually, I don't know. They're both tough matchups, and I just yeah. like Rodgers as a player better. Yeah, your tough sit this week, and then we'll get to your sneaky start, is uh, Tua Tungavailoa, six touchdowns last week, big waiver wire pickup. You have him at 14th because he's taken on the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are the number one defense against quarterbacks, and they played um, Matthew Stafford and Ryan Tannehill, not bums. Right. And they just made them both look like bums. Yep, they sure did. Um, this defense is fantastic. Um, I think that Miami's offensive line is better than either Tennessee's or Los Angeles's by a fair margin. So I think they'll keep Tua upright better than the other two teams kept their quarterbacks upright. Um, and so I think like in two quarterback leagues, you got to play him. But yeah, in a one quarterback league, I would look for a different option because um, he's certainly not going to put up the stats that he put up last week on a regular basis. Um I don't think that two is going to have with the weapons he has around him. I don't think he's going to have a lot of terrible games, but he's going to have a lot of boring games where he throws for like two twenty five and a touchdown and yeah. he scores, you know, 17 fantasy thir- points, 13, 13 to 17 points. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, I, I think he probably falls just outside that quarterback one range and against Buffalo. I just, I can't trust one game to say like, Oh, two is a starter now. Yeah. I keep saying it. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to change it uh, instead of being about his race. He's lefty Jimmy Garoppolo, not Hawaiian Jimmy Garoppolo. He's lefty Jimmy Garoppolo now. Um, he he actually did some stuff that uh, was kind of impressive. He had some nice throws, but it was mostly Jalen Waddle and Tyreek uh, Tyre Hill doing the hard part. And he you know, still and he, did throw two picks la- you know, last week. Yeah. It's not like he was perfect or anything. Yeah, and even the touchdown to Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki was... Mike Kosicki did the hard part on that one um, and then did the worst gritty in the history of the universe. I don't know if you saw that. I did see that. It wasn't great. It was like the sprinty. Like he was going way too fast for the gritty. He was going way too fast. He was just running, <laughs> He's just running around out there. Yeah, he was just running around. All right. And then last one, uh, your boy, Jared Goff, sneaky start of the week. Tight or sorry, quarterback 15 in the ranks for you going up against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh is there a history with the Vikings that you're tapping into here, or is it that uh, you just don't believe in the uh, Vikings defense stopping the Lions offense that well? I mean, the Lions offense has been very efficient the first two weeks. Um, Minnesota didn't look very good on defense last week. In week one, they played a Packers team that's never ready to play in week one. So I don't really know how much you can read into that. Um their secondary is not great. Harrison Smith was evaluated for a concussion last week, so I don't even know if he's going to play. Um, Patrick Peterson's old. Cam Dantzler's slow. Like, their secondary is just not very good, and that's not what you can have when you're playing Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, yeah. 
it's I mean there there's a reason why I have Amon Ross St. Brown as my third ranked receiver on the week because Minnesota ain't stopping him. It's just not gonna happen. So uh yeah, I, I think Goff will have a perfectly fine game. I don't think he's gonna turn the ball over more than maybe once. He'll probably throw for two hundred and fifty yards. So I, I I think he's a fine play. I, I don't again, like I wouldn't play him over like Joe Burrow, but mm-hmm. You know, I would play him over a lot of I, I would play him over Carson Wentz, who a lot of people have as a top 12 play. Yeah. And he's um for a lot of people, there are people in two quarterback leagues who have like Jared Goff and uh, as their third quarterback, you know, if they make a decision between like Jared Goff or Trevor Lawrence, where in this case you would go with Goff would. or, or uh, Goff and, you know, the hotness Jimmy Garoppolo off the waiver wire quarterback 18 of the week. Um you have starting him over Carson Wentz, buddy. I don't, I'm not so sure. I, I, I'm always way down on Jimmy Garoppolo, though. As I tweeted out, uh, I thought I was done with this handsome goober. So pretty annoyed with Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, let's go ahead and move on to your running backs. Um, three running backs you're higher on. Two of them we are drafted to be must-start guys. Uh, Derek Henry, you have at five. Expert consensus rank is 10. Um, Derrick Henry's going up against the Raiders. He has struggled in the first two weeks of the season. Do you think we see vintage Derrick Henry here, or is it the the new normal where maybe instead of getting 4.8 yards per carry, it's 4.1, but he gets a ton of them? Yeah, I think he's going to get a lot of work in this game. I think it's going to be a close one, and Tennessee is going to want to control the clock, keep Vegas' offense off the field. Um, I don't think Vegas' defense is all that good. So I would expect uh, I would expect Henry to churn yards in this game. I don't know if he breaks off any big runs, but I I could see something like 25 carries for 110 yards and a touchdown, and that's 17 points right there. So you know if he catches any passes, he's going to be up around the 20 point range, and you know that's what's getting you those top five running back weeks. Yeah, something that might be concerning to some people is uh, Hassan Haskins played 50% of snaps last week. I don't think that that lasts because here's the thing. Hassan Haskins is not very good. Also the the backups were in. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Full minutes of the game. So (laughs) I was going to say, and he was playing with uh, uh, who's the backup. Yeah. Malik Willis. And he was playing with Malik Willis. So if you see the, the, just the box scores, like that game was so bizarre. Like we yeah, talked it about was, it with with it was um, over like four minutes into the third quarter. Yeah, we talked about that with um, oh, what running back was it that got all the care? Oh, James Cook. James yeah. Cook had 11 carries, but nine of them were in the last uh, like six minutes of the game. Yeah, he had three touches in the part of the game that mattered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. um, All right. And then Zeke Elliott, you have him at 15. Uh, People have given up on Ezekiel Elliott. He's at 24 for everybody else going up against the Giants, who. Yes, the Giants are 2-0, and but God, are they bad. They are so bad. Not very good. Um, and again, this is a game where I think Dallas is going to want to control the clock. Cooper Rush is not a particularly good quarterback, and the Giants' defense is opportunistic. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're going to want him taking a lot of shots. They're going to want to control the clock with Elliott. I think that he scores a touchdown this week. And I just think that 24 is way too low for a guy who's still getting an RB1 type workload. Yeah, honestly. Um... Zeke over Najee is a good call. Like you still are starting Najee Harris this week, but Zeke over Najee is something that not a lot of people are doing. Um, but I would have to agree with it. Um, also over 
Javante, James Conner, who we're not sure about, Cordero Patterson. Um, like there's, a, there's a scenario where if you're in a two running back, no flex league, like you could legitimately have David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, and Najee Harris, and I would bench Najee. Yeah. I mean, those, those scenarios are like very specific, but yeah, it, there are scenarios where you could uh, bench Najee right now. So uh, very, very tough times for Najee, uh, Najee managers. So uh, your third ranked uh, guy that you're higher on is Naheem Hines, uh, RB29, ECR41. Hines not getting respect right now. He is fourth in running back receptions. Uh, right. Right. And I think that that's going to continue. I mean, the Colts offense is not flush with weapons. Uh, Hines is probably the third best player on that offense behind Taylor and Pittman. And he's going to keep getting touches. I mean, this is a game that Indy is going to have to throw to keep up in. They are going to have to get their best players involved. And I think Hines is going to catch at least five passes in this game. So I think that he's a really safe RB3 slash flex play. Yeah, and he's um I mentioned uh fourth in receptions, he's third in receiving yards. Like he's he's right there next he's four yards behind Austin Eckler, who leads the league in receiving yards from the running back position. So he's he is an elite pass catching running back right now, and um people are sleeping on him, having him at RB forty one. And I'm sure he's available in like half a league. So if you're listening, you might be able to scoop him up and he's a he's a worthy flex this week. Absolutely um, in PPR league. So some guys that you're lower on, I already mentioned one of them. Javante Williams, you have him at 17. ECR is 11. Um, going up against the 49ers this week, who uh, erased the running backs last week for for Seattle. Right. And, and um, I mean, I won't even I won't give them credit for week one. Like the David Montgomery, that was a nonsense game. But they erased Rashad Penny last week. So you have Javante at 17. Is this splitting touches and the defense, or is this... Like what, what, what do you think this is that's leading to the 17 ranking? It's just a combination of things. I mean, he, I think people are inflating his rank uh, for a couple weeks in a row now because he caught a bunch of passes in week one in a weird game where Denver was down to Seattle mm-hmm. and uh, nothing on the offense was working except dumping the ball off to the running back. So I, I don't foresee that being the case consistently. You know, if you think Javante Williams is going to get 10 targets a game, then Maybe fantasy football ain't for you, um, but <laughs> fantasy basketball starting soon. There, there you go. Uh, I've heard the Premier League fantasy is going on right now. There you um, go. So yeah, I mean, I, I just I think Javante is a perfectly fine play. I mean, in, in most scenarios in two running back leagues, especially if there's a flex, you're playing him. Um, I I just you need to temper your expectations for Javante Williams. He's not a top twelve running back right now. Yeah, especially because uh, Fred Warner is one of the better tackling coverage linebackers in the league. And then uh, the Niners have uh, a sophomore that maybe a lot of people haven't heard of, uh, Talanoa Hufunga. He's really who, good. He's really good. And he's um, they've been putting him in the box more. So uh, these little dump offs to the running back aren't going to work so well. If you've heard that name before, he was the guy who uh, scored the touchdown in the playoff game last year uh against the packers in the snow the the blocked touchdown but yeah he's super good so um this this defense is going to be tough tough sledding for um uh javante williams catching passes aj dillon you have at 25 ecr 17 i saw a lot of talk about how aj dillon and aaron jones split touches this that and the other blah 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 aaron jones looked so much better than aj dillon last week that people are getting too caught up in 
the number of touches and not what they did with them, I think. Yeah, uh, Aaron Jones averaged over nine yards a carry last week, and A.J. Dillon averaged 3.3. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, you know, they played the same defense. It's A.J. Dillon is a fine player. He mm-hmm. is a solid pass catcher, especially at his size. Um, he is hard to bring down, and he's very fast once he gets going. He just doesn't have a lot of acceleration, mm-hmm. and so it takes him a while to get up to top speed. And I don't think Tampa's going to allow him to get up to top speed. I think it's too far too good of a front seven to give him those openings. So I think it's going to be another inefficient day for Dylan. I still think he's a good flex play because he gets enough involvement in the offense. He'll probably get something like 12 to 15 carries and a few targets. So even if he's inefficient, he'll still have a, a safe floor for you. But I can't, you know, I, I, I can't put him as like a mid-tier RB2. He's definitely a, a, a flex type guy this week. Yeah, right now, uh, Dylan is RB17 overall, and um, a lot of that is because um, he has scored a touchdown. He hasn't been particularly efficient. Like, he caught a bunch of balls in week one, but I think people are are doing the thing where we're like, hey, A.J. Dylan back-end RB2. Everybody's like, cool, awesome. And it's like, oh, he's a solid back-end RB2. Let me differentiate myself and make him, like, a mid-range RB2. And it's like, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Like he's doing what you thought he would do. You don't double down on that <laughs> and boost Here, his rank even more. Here's some guys, for example, I would start over AJ Dillon this week. Mm-hmm. Cordero Patterson, Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Kareem Hunt, James Robinson. You know, I would start all of these guys over AJ Dillon. Yeah. CEH, another guy that went behind him in drafts, kind of neck right. and neck, depending on how your draft went. But it's, it's, um, you know, he's been fine. He's been good. You're not upset that you drafted him, but right. we're not. There's not a lot of injuries. We're not into bye weeks. It's not to the point where we start vaulting uh, AJ Dillon up. Um, next guy is Devin Singletary, who you have at 41. ECR is 29. You're just begging people not to start him against Miami. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, Miami was uh, very good against the run last week, except for one play where Lamar Jackson went Lamar Jackson mode. Yeah. Uh, he just does this. It's impossible when he. When he gets on a roll out in the open field, there's not a defense in the league who can stop him. It, it's he may be the most elusive runner in the NFL. So I'm not putting a whole lot of stock into that. They shut down the running backs. I, Devin Singletary is a fine player, but he's not a special talent. Um, I just don't see him breaking out in this game. I, he hasn't scored double digit points in either of the first two games that they've played. So I don't understand how you can feel safe starting him. Yeah, and if I'm um, if I'm the uh, the Bills, I'm looking at uh, Miami didn't except for again, like you said, like uh, with Lamar Jackson, Miami didn't get a fight from Baltimore because of the running backs running well. It was pushing the ball downfield to Bateman and and um, Mark Andrews and uh, I mean even a little bit. He only got two targets, but Devin Duvernay. So I think it's going to be a big game where they push downfield. Your Dawson Knoxes, your Stephon Diggs, your Gabe Davis's and not uh, Devin Singletary. Right. Start start a pass catching back in your flex instead of Devin Singletary. There you go. Perfect. Start uh, Naheem Hines. J.D. McKissick. You actually have Naheem Hines and Devin Singletary perfectly flipped. I know. It's perfect. All right. Toughest rank. Brees Hall, who you have 38. We said last week that he you still have to start him. But, I mean, you don't. You don't. That's no, it. You don't. I, <laughs> That's the I end would. of the statement. I wouldn't start him. Uh, Cincinnati's defense has been fine through the first two weeks, mm-hmm. and I just don't see how Hall's going to 
he's not going to, you know, be explosive in this game likely. Cincinnati's defense doesn't really allow that. And he's not getting the lion's share of the touches. It's pretty much, you know, the carries have been split pretty evenly. And Carter's been getting more passing down work. I think this is a game where Cincinnati is probably going to win. So mm-hmm. it's more likely that Carter gets more involved than Hall. Um, yeah. I don't think it's smart what the Jets coaching staff is doing right now. I think Hall's the better player, but he's not being utilized as such right now. And so you have to wait until he is being utilized that way to start him. So you don't think it's smart to have Joe Flacco lead the league in pass attempts by like 20? No, no, I don't. <laughs> Even though Joe Flacco has been pretty good the first two weeks for Joe Flacco. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I don't think that's a good idea. Okay. Uh, this game is going to be ridiculously high paced, I think. And I think that is going to benefit Michael Carter because they're, he's going to be on the field in the like, for some reason they have him on the field more with Brees Hall being the kind of like rotational back. But uh, Jets and Bengals are number one and two in uh, pace of play right now. So this is going to be a ridiculous game. Um, but no Brees Hall. Uh, we already talked about your most surprising Najee Harris, who you have uh, 16th for Thursday Night Football. We already talked about your sneaky start, Naheem Hines, who you have 29th. Your tough sit, Rashad Penny, who you have ranked 40 as the uh, Seahawks take on the Atlanta Falcons this week. Um, Rashad Penny, not even coming close to expectations for those who drafted him. Not at all. No, he's, I mean, he's splitting carries with uh, not just Kenneth Walker now, but Travis Homer as well, Mm -hmm. which is odd. Um, He's not going to catch passes. Um, He hasn't been able to pull off explosive runs. His offensive line is not very good. Atlanta has been surprisingly decent against the run the first couple weeks. Um, They gave up basically nothing to the Saints on the ground except for one long Taysom Hill run. And they gave up very little to the Rams as well. The Rams running backs were not efficient against the Falcons. Um, This is a front seven that's better than we thought it was going to be. And a Rashad Penny that's worse than we thought it was going to be. So I just, I know it's a good matchup and I know you started him to play or on paper, it's a good matchup and you drafted him to start in these situations, but I just don't think you can do it. Um, If you can stomach it, you can wait one more week and then try it against Detroit. Mm -hmm. But you know, if he goes through four weeks without really doing anything, then he's drop a drop candidate at that point. Yeah, he was like an eighth, ninth round pick, and and you know people are acting like he's he's his roster spot in your fantasy squad is like sacrosanct, and it's not. Like he was a speculative be. play. It's a it's he's a he's a two down banger on a bad team, and that is what is happening. He's a two right. down banger on a bad team who is now splitting touches with a second round pick. Yep. All right, let's talk about wide receivers. Uh, the wide receiver that you're higher on, I don't understand what people are doing. Deontay Johnson, you have him at 10. Uh, ECR is 20. You, uh, we kind of talked about him a little bit on Thursday Night Football. Um, if you're getting double-digit targets per game, you're a top 12 wide receiver, period, no matter what you've done with them. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to add. I mean, Deontay Johnson is a target monster. He's going to you know, he, he's gonna put up a, a high-floor uh, mid ceiling type season. Uh, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but this is a Cleveland defense. They gave out four passing touchdowns to the jets last week. Um, I am not scared by their defense. Uh, I think Deontay gets into the end zone this week and I think he gets another double digit target game because that's what he does. That is the Steelers offense right now is just double digit targets to Deontay Johnson. Um, so another guy who, um, we kind of all left for dead 
Um, I remember briefly mentioning him in the offseason and was pretty much like, nah, that's silly. But Curtis Samuel, you have at 20, um, ahead of Terry McLaurin on the Eagles, or going up against the Eagles are the Washington Commanders. So, um, yeah, uh, Curtis Samuel, is he a must-start wide receiver? You have him at 20. Uh, in almost every case, yes. Uh, the way that they're utilizing him is fantastic for fantasy. Um, they use him in the backfield. They use him in the slot. He's on the field a ton. He is Carson Wentz's favorite target when he is on the field. So, uh, you know, he's he's the chain mover. And he's he's been very effective in that role the first couple of weeks. I expect him to continue to be effective in that role. Yeah, and through two games, I think the most uh, astounding thing of this is he has 20 targets. Right. You know, I mean, he's he, he, he's going to get pretty much, you know, minimum probably seven targets. So, yeah, he's a guy you're starting. Yeah. So it's like he's top 15 in targets in the entire NFL. So, yeah, start him up uh, going up against this Eagle squad where they'll need to pass the ball a lot. And then the third guy you're hiring on, Jacoby Myers, you have him at 29. Everybody else has him at 39. It doesn't make sense. He's a top 36 wide receiver every week, period. Yeah, I mean, Myers is another guy who gets a ton of targets. Um, he's the clear number one receiver on his team. He's going up against a Baltimore secondary that is, uh, it is Baltimore, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore secondary that is not good. Um, he is on a team that's probably going to have to throw to keep up in this game. Uh, so I, I think it's wheels up for Jacoby, uh, in my dynasty league, for example, I'm starting Jacoby Myers over Juju Smith Schuster and Josh Jacobs. Uh, let's talk about Juju real quick, as since you brought him up, uh, he is your toughest rank at 38 as uh, the uh, Chiefs take on the Colts. So are you worried about what happened last week? Are you worried about this offense? Are you worried about the Colts? What has you dropping Juju down so far? Uh, you know, I, I still like Juju as a player. I still think he's the top wide receiver on the team, but the routes that he runs are all underneath stuff. Mm-hmm. And so he's never going to put up a big yardage total. And I think that the Colts are a lot stronger up the middle of the defense than they are on the outside. So I think that Juju isn't going to be super efficient in this game. I could see him catching six passes for 25 yards. And that's just not going to get it done. And he's not going to score a lot of touchdowns in matchups like this, you know, where Indy is very vulnerable to the deep ball. Like if there was ever a Marquez Valdez Scantling week, it's this week. You know, I'm not going to rank him in my top 50 because he's so volatile and you have no idea when he's ever going to do anything. Yeah. But uh, I would also expect a huge Travis Kelsey game against Indy. So, yeah. And I, and I think the Colts are going to come out motivated. They know that this is a huge game. And, you know, I, I, I don't think that they're going to have an excuse to come out flat again. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win because I don't think that. But I just I, I don't foresee Juju being efficient in this game. Yeah, I, I was laughing when you said if there's going to be a Marquez Valdez Scantling game. I don't know if there is going to be one, if we're being really honest. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I mean, he was the second target in Green Bay and he had like four of them. Now there's all these uh, weapons. But I agree. It's it's an easy thing to say MVS is your DFS play because that's what he is every week. He's your DFS play. Boom, bust. Go for it. Go crazy. Um, This is where I get mad at you because you have Debo Samuel lower than everybody else. Debo Samuel, yeah. 16, ECR of nine. That's my boy. He's going to be the entire 49ers offense as they take on the Denver Broncos this week on Sunday night football. I just think uh, I think George Kittle's going to play. And I think with it being his first game, I think they're going to really want to get him involved. Um, so I think Debo's going to take a bit of a back seat. He's still going to get his rushes, but I think this is going to be more of a, like 
four target, three catch for 25 yards game, and he's going to have to score a rushing touchdown to be a top 24 guy this week. Well, uh, he will because he always does. <laughs> which is why I have him at 16 and not like 30. Okay, Jeff. Uh, no, I, I think Samuel, again, if you draft a Debo, you're starting him. I just, you know, DFS, don't play him. Um, and uh, make sure you're you're tailoring your expectations. I don't think this is going to be a blow-up game for Debo. Yeah, and you mentioned tailoring your expectations. I think a lot of people have been like, well, we're going to go back to the drawing board with the 49ers offense with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, no, we're not. We don't know what the 49ers offense with Trey Lance was supposed to look like. So whatever you know, you know about what it looks the 40... like with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Whatever you know about the 49ers is the same. Like you already know it all. We we it's not like this happened in like week eight where we chained our expectations for everybody. It's like just go back to what they were before. So that right. that's the easy shorthand. Whatever you thought last year, think the same thing. All right. So Michael Thomas is another uh wide receiver you're low on. You have Michael Thomas at 27 um against the Carolina Panthers, and he's ECR 15. One thing I realized about Michael Thomas, he's getting bailed out by late BS touchdowns. Is yeah, that why absolutely. you have him so low? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because B- Michael Thomas is not a guy in his career who has been a touchdown merchant, but he's doing that right now. Like he's mm-hmm. he's going Mike Evans mode for some yeah. reason, even though he's the slant guy. So I, I just Carolina is not a good matchup for that. I, I think that they'll keep everything in front of him. I don't think they let him score a touchdown. And if he doesn't score, he's going to have like, five for 55 which is a flex play yeah you so have I him think 20... he's a high-end flex play mm-hmm. you have him 27 uh, uh, behind guys like drake london jerry judy dj moore gabe davis so players that you would actually be considering uh versus michael thomas there also rashad bateman uh, i feel like that's a very interesting group of players because they're players that you got all over the draft right absolutely and that that's yeah. what that's what weekly ranks are i mean you're gonna have weeks where some players are in good matchups, some players are in bad matchups, and you can't be afraid to take a guy that you drafted in the fourth round and sit him for a guy that you got in the seventh just because he's got a better matchup and he's got a great chance to score more fantasy points. I mean, that that's the goal of the game. The goal of the game isn't to draft your starting lineup and not change it all year. If you want to do that, play basketball. But the goal is to win fantasy football games, and you have to manage your team if you're going to win fantasy football. You can't be afraid to. I'm scared. I'm scared to put players in my lineup. That's why I don't oh. submit lineups every week. I'm too scared to do it. <laughs> I, I keep getting zero points. I don't get why, it. Why am I going 0-13? <laughs> uh, last guy that you're lower on at wide receiver is Elijah Moore. You have him at 46. Everybody has him at 33. That's the expert consensus rank. I'm with you on this one. I don't get it. Uh, people are giving Elijah Moore a lot of benefit of the doubt that he hasn't really earned this year. No, Elijah um, Moore is is the new guy that everybody has decided is really good, even though he's never shown he, that he's really good. Um, he's clearly, at best, the second-best receiver on this roster. Garrett Wilson is the top guy. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see a scenario where he's playable, you know, at, at least until Zach Wilson comes back and the offense switches a little bit. But even then, I'm not sure, you know, because – He's not the number one receiver here. He's simply not as good as Garrett Wilson is, and I think that's obvious. Yeah. People love to talk about how he was dominant last year at a certain stretch. No, he scored five touchdowns in five games. He wasn't dominant. He was getting, you know, between eight and 12 targets per game, and he scored over – I'm sorry, 
he finished with over 90 yards once. Right. It's not, it wasn't like, it wasn't like Amon Ross St. Brown where he was getting a hundred yards and a touchdown every week. It was like, you know, he he would have like five for 30 something and a score and it would say, yeah, yeah, here, uh, let's look, uh, week 12, four for 46, no touchdown, but next week, six for 77 and touchdown. It's like those two combined average amount. That's what he was doing. So right. 10, 10 for you. He was, he was getting five for 60. It was just, you know, he was a flex play and it was just whether he scored or not. Yeah. So you already talked about your toughest rank. We kind of jumped out of line there. Talks about your sneaky start. Jacoby Myers, 29. Sorry, your toughest rank was Juju at 38. We just talked about your tough sit, Elijah Moore. I'm going to give you the floor. Your most surprising player. Amon Ross St. Brown. We were two people that were all the way in on Amon Ross St. Brown this offseason. And this is our victory lap. (laughs) These games right here. This is our victory lap. Amon Ross St. Brown the number one receiver for one of the most efficient offenses in the league going up against a bad defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is my number three receiver on the league. And I think he is absolutely a must start in literally every format. He's probably going to be too cheap in DFS. This dude is a bona fide stud. Mm-hmm. Uh, he He's just, he's one of the best receivers in the league and he's going to continue to produce like this because the team gives him the ball. I mean, it's as simple as that. Amon Ross St. Brown had a bad game in week one. He had eight for 64 and a touchdown. Like he So scored, terrible. Right, he scored 20 points when he didn't even play well. Yeah. You know, you see what he does when he plays well. No, I'm not saying he's going to run for a 59-yard gain every week. Even if he doesn't run the ball at all, he's still getting over 100 yards and a touchdown every game. I mean, this, outside of, like, you know, your top four or five guys, he's as automatic as it comes. Yeah, it's because the... Lions are, like you said, an efficient, high-scoring offense that basically runs through Amon Ross St. Brown and DeAndre Swift. Like, that's how it works most of the time. And and other ancillary pieces fill in, like DJ Chark, TJ Hawkinson, Jamal Williams, but Josh Reynolds, the, Josh Reynolds uh, to a lesser extent. <laughs> Reynolds might be outpacing Chark right now. Get him! Um, but the offense is those two guys, basically. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it... People didn't want to trust me. People didn't want to believe me. Uh, I'm big time, you know, I'm the Lions fan here. I, I see what's going on. I'm not afraid to be lower on Lions players. You know, I was lower on TJ Hawkinson than most this mm-hmm. year. And what do you know? I've been correct because big, I watch this team a ton. Big Sun Godricks over here. That's right. I'm big Amon big, big Rodericks. That's right. All right, let's go over to tight ends really quick. So some tight ends that you're higher on. Um, these are all guys who, two of these guys, uh, Evan Ingram, Tyler Conklin, I wrote about in my streamers this week, both available in at least 75% of leagues, Tyler Conklin available in 90% of leagues, but you have them at 12 and 13 where everybody else has them at 14, 15. And this is what we get into every week where tight ends so flat that the differences aren't as pronounced, but, uh, Ingram, you have as the starter Conklin, you have knocking on the door. Right. I mean, Tyler Conklin, you know, to be clear, he's my sneaky start of the week, which Mm -hmm. he's. You know, I, I think that he is a really solid play. He's got seven targets week one, nine targets week two. But again, the Jets are playing at an unsustainably fast pace. So that probably won't continue at that rate. But he earned targets at a fairly decent clip in Minnesota last year. And I believe he's going to be a guy who gets at least five targets a game. And you can't ask for a whole lot more when you're looking for a streaming tight end. Yeah, he's not Mr. Right. He's not going to solve your tight end this season, but he's Mr. Right now. As long as Joe Flacco's under center and they're throwing the ball 40 plus times per game, 
Uh, Conklin's going to get seven or eight of those. Conklin's a 440 guy and sometimes even more. Yeah, exactly. So a big believer in Tyler Conklin. I misquoted on the podcast yesterday. That was a pro football reference error that I hate. There are actually seven tight ends that have double digit games every every, uh, game this year. Darren Waller does not fall into those filters when you search by game because he was drafted as a wide receiver. It's so stupid because they do by draft positions. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Interesting. When when I went to write about it today, I was like, wait a second. I got to double check Darren Waller because there are certain players I always have to double check. Darren Waller, Corderell Patterson, Logan Thomas, all these guys that, you know, aren't necessarily at their position that they were drafted at. So uh, either way, Tyler Conklin has been really good this year. And then Evan Ingram, shocking, top 12. He's been pretty, pretty good this year. You have him at 12 going up against the Chargers. Yeah, the Jags are a team that throw a lot, and uh, he's he's been getting, again, six, seven targets a game, and I think he's a bit more of an explosive player and a bit better of an offense than the Jets. So that's the only reason I have him over Conklin. But, I mean, yeah, same scenario where he's just getting enough targets where he's a consistent streamer. Yeah, and then the award for higher on him than everybody else, but I don't think it really matters. No offense. <laughs> you have fans at 21. Just in case you have a two quarterback or a two tight end league, I mean, yeah. uh, which don't. But uh, if you do, then he's the guy. Also in deep leagues, he could be a desperation flex. It's a good yeah. matchup. That's the only thing. Yeah, and I'm going to give my sneaky start, Jawan Johnson, because he's the that same is. as Logan Thomas, but Logan Thomas has scored a touchdown. Perfectly fine with me. There you go. Perfect. That's what I love about these tight ends. It's like, all right, cool, man. Whatever you want to think. <laughs> Whatever you want to think. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. Sure. All right. Three tight ends you're lower on. Um, one of them is the hotness. Um, you know, this last week was my victory lap. Gerald Everett uh, coming off, a, I believe, six for 71 game against the Chargers. You have him at 14, not a recommended start against the Jags. Everybody else has him at 10. And he um, uh, is still the highest of these three. So keep that in mind when, when we talk about this. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Everett's a guy you can start. I wouldn't be upset with people if they did. I understand it. But I just want people to realize here that Keenan Allen's coming back. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to play this week. So um, Everett's not the number two target in the passing game anymore. He's going to be number three or number four, depending on how much they throw to Austin Eckler in a given game. So... Six for 71, not likely. I would say, you know, he's a four for 40 guy, in my opinion, which is better than what he was drafted as. And yeah. I think that it's still going to produce value. You know, he's, he's a guy you can have on your roster, but he's just not an every week starter. He's a streamer. Yeah, like I have Gerald Everett and somebody else everywhere. So I can play go. that game. Like right. this week, I'm playing Zach Ertz uh, over Gerald Everett, which is in a lot of places, which is my my pairing right now. And that is the correct decision. There you go. So, uh, guy, you're lower on Dawson Knox. You have him at 15. Everybody else has him at 12. Um, Dawson Knox going up against Miami. He's he should be 15. That's yeah, where he, he should be every week. He has seven targets this year. He's, yeah. He's just not a guy who earns a lot of targets, and so he's a touchdown dependent guy in an offense that scores a lot. So he's higher than the other touchdown dependent guys. That's it. Yeah, that's that that is what he is, and uh, he did do four for 40 last week. So. When I saw that, I was going, oh, man, come on, Dawson Knox. But um, <laughs> he doesn't get a lot of targets. We we said it before. He is the new version of Robert Tunyon uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so, uh, Walker, real quick, are you familiar with, uh, you know, um, things that 
preclude uh, disasters or whatever. Things that come before unfortunate events. Yeah, omens importance. Yes. Uh, Aaron Larson tweeted out, uh, he is a, a staff writer for the Fantasy Footballers. I drafted Trey Lance in a lot of fantasy leagues. I've now picked up or traded for Justin Fields in all those leagues. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy. That's trouble. Pictures um, taken just before disaster. That's what it is, yes. Uh, Hayden Hurst, you have at 17. Everybody else has him at 13. Uh, people have him in that sneaky start territory, but going up against the Jets, I just... Hayden Hurst is getting the treatment like the Bengals are a good offense, and they're not right now. Right, yeah. I mean, I, I can't have him as, a, like, a borderline starter. He's a mid-tier blob guy. Uh, you know, he, he's not getting as many targets as like Tyler Conklin is. So he should be a little bit lower. I mean, it's just simple as that. Yeah. So we've already talked about your sneaky start and your tough sit. Um, let's go to your most surprising, because I think this is a mea culpa for both of us. Uh, we both said uh, Tyler Higby isn't going to get a ton of targets. And what's happening? Tyler Higby is getting a ton of targets. Right Tyler now. Higby's getting a ton of targets. Yeah. Uh, so he's number eight for me. I mean, yeah. that's, that's really what it is. I mean, he's, in a, in a pretty productive passing offense, he is consistently getting the second most targets of anybody in the offense. So I think you got to play him as a pretty consistent top 10 play until that changes, if it changes. I mean, he could do this all season if they decide to run the offense that way. Wouldn't be my decision, but hey, if that's the way they want to do it, then Higby's going to keep being a top 10 guy. Yeah, the offense is obviously different, but he's kind of slid right into the spot in the ecosystem that uh, Mike Kosicki used to inhabit, it feels like. This guy just gets a ton of volume. He's not particularly great at yak, but he'll catch a lot of balls and he'll score right. a touchdown. Right. Tyler Higby's going to have, you know, like six for 45 every week, and then he might score. Yeah. So he slid into the spot that um, uh, Mike Kosicki uh, evacuated. Inhabited. Inhabited. So toughest rank. Kyle Pitts, 7.8 fantasy points on the season. It's real easy for me to calculate that because it's three for 19 twice. Yeah, uh, that's if it was three for 19 twice, that'd be 9.8 fantasy points. You're right. I'm realizing I did that. Uh, I, that must have done half PPR. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. My brain broke. OK. All right. Well, uh, Kyle I, Pitts, uh, not good either way. Not so far. Um but I think against Seattle, uh, I think it'll change. Seattle doesn't have any linebackers anymore. Uh, their best linebacker right now is Cody Barton. That's not good. Um, don't talk to me about Jordan Brooks. He's a stat merchant. He's not good either. Um, Pitts, I, I, I think he'll get back on track this week. I think Arthur Smith is sick and tired of people yelling at him about uh, not getting enough targets to his best player, which yeah. there's a very easy fix for that, and it's give your best player some targets. So I think that it's going to be a big point of emphasis. And uh, I don't think Seattle's got anybody on their defense who can consistently stop him. Yeah, um, it isn't fancy football, Walker. This is about winning, which they're not doing either. So, yeah, I, lo I love to say <laughs> this is not about fantasy football. This is about winning as I'm coaching an 0-2 football team. <laughs> and, and I am the odds on favorite to get fired first because my team is awful. Yeah, it's not good right now, although I yeah. do think they're going to win this game. Yeah, actually, I don't know. Is it is it Arthur Smith? I feel like Arthur Smith must have pulled ahead of Matt Rule. Uh, he shouldn't have. Yeah. Well, I mean, the they're Panthers both bad. Are, yeah, they're both bad. I mean, hold on, let's check. Coach firing odds. Odds. All right, let's see. Uh, next coach to be fired. Odds. Well, the head the head image is uh Matt Rule. So. 
Oh my God. Arthur Smith is like not even. Okay. So it goes, I won't read the odds off, but it's rule Hackett, which is funny. Yeah. (laughs) Rule Hackett, Reich, Kingsbury, Vrabel, Stefanski, Josh, Josh McDaniels, Ron Rivera, Mike McCarthy, and then tied with Pete Carroll, Arthur Smith. So like 11th, 12th. Yeah. 10th. High 10th. That's not, that's not what I would have expected, but I guess it's only a second season. I guess so. But and they I, were supposed to be bad this year. I guess so. I guess so. But if you keep losing and you don't you give Kyle Pitts the ball, I don't know. So, um, but here's the thing with with Kyle Pitts. Uh, all that bad stuff we had, you still have him at five because you can't. I still have him at five. You can't. Yeah. You, you cannot sit him this week. Yeah. If Jer- if George Kittle plays, are you playing him? Yes. Okay. That's what I needed to know. Perfect. All right. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Again, you can check out Walker's Ranks at footballabsurdity.com. There is also a link to them in the description. Uh, They get updated every Wednesday, and then Walker tinkers around with them as injury news comes out uh, going through the rest of the week. So for Big Daddy Ranks, for Big uh, Sun God Ranks, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening. Take care and have a good one. Bye.